Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. Super excited to finally have this individual who is the only Critical Conversations podcast I've ever uh, recorded. If you've listened to the podcast for any length of time, there's this one little hidden gem called A Critical Conversation, which is a, a long-form podcast, basically. It's a little over an hour long. Um, I'm talking about Kristen Callahan. She's the co-author, author, guest for that Critical Conversations piece, and she's finally joined me. That's not her fault. It's my fault. She's finally joined me. Um, basically, I finally got my shit together and had Kristen on to do a formal three things podcast, way shorter form, um, three questions, the degenerate speed round at the end. But Kristen Callahan has been a buddy of mine for the last couple of years. We've met through Strength Faction, and she's just someone who I highly respect in the industry because she keeps it real. And I think you'll catch those vibes here in the conversation. Um, so I'm super pumped to share this conversation with you. Kristen Callahan, first time on the Three Things Podcast. Here we go. All right, Kristen Callahan. The only person to ever do a critical conversation is the subgenre of the three things, the more intellectual of the three things. Welcome back to your first official Three Things podcast. Um, it's your host, Casey Lee. On the other side of the screen is Kristen Callahan, K Cal. Um, I don't know any other nicknames that you have, but uh, for anyone, everyone listening, when you hear me just say K Cal, just know it's Kristen. Um, K Cal, what's up? How you doing? All things considered, we're thriving. I have, I have, we can't. We're thriving. <laughs> um, welcome to your first official three things. I think your last pod started as a three things, and then we just went deep, and it became an hour-long, long-form Joe Rogan-style conversation. Yeah. So we'll, I mean, if that happens, it happens, but we'll try to keep it pretty mellow today, pretty light, pretty fun. Um, for those of you that haven't listened to that first podcast, you definitely should. It was really good. I can't really remember. It was a long years ago i think it was like a year and a half ago but i think we talked about like um like females in the in the industry of, of health and wellness and things like that um among other things i think we talked about like just like headspace as well and like how people like mental health uh, we may have tipped the bridge into that but okay cal break it down for us a little bit tell everyone who you are what you do where you do it why you do it and then we're going to jive from there Whew. Uh, well, as you mentioned, my name is Kristen Callahan, a.k.a. K-Cal. Um, I do have some other nicknames that people call me that probably aren't, uh, well, they probably shouldn't be set on air. <laughs> it's unedited. It wouldn't really matter. I mean, it's just whatever you want people to do. No, that's, um, I am a personal trainer, fitness coach, whatever the heck you want to call what we do. Um, in Boston, Massachusetts, or in the Boston area, I can't, um, I am self-employed. I'm an independent contractor. I rent space at a couple of gyms. I go to a few people's homes and train them there. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I mostly work with, not mostly, I work with general population clients. And yeah. How did you get, you forgot the why. Why do you do what you do? Oh, oh. The part that oh, I really, I, the part yeah. that I only care about, because I really know all the other stuff, but the why, how'd you, like, how'd you get it? Because I, I get it? Correct me if I'm wrong, fitness wasn't your first career. 
no, definitely not. So give us uh, no. Wow. So the why I'll try to keep it short because it's a really long story. Um, I'm fucking, I'm just going to say this. I'm turning 45 in May. That's right. I'm going to own it. <laughs> Nobody, I don't like to tell people not because of I'm embarrassed about my age because the way everybody reacts is a little bit. Is it because you don't look 45? Um, <laughs> is that yeah, why people you're kind of like yeah i'm 45 people are like wait 30 35 what anyway yeah like they want to see my they want to see my driver's license and stuff and so that's why i keep it on the dl not because i am ashamed in any way shape or form because just a little quick side note like being in your 40s is fucking awesome okay anyway <laughs> uh why? Yeah. So I did a lot of other things before I came to fitness. I, uh, what did I, how did I get started? I started as a gym member. I started going to the gym after a breakup and fell in love with this class called Urban Rebounding, which took place on a miniature trampoline. Believe it or not. Also, I'm clumsy as hell, so I don't know how I never fell off. I mean, I have fallen off of it, but in the beginning, I don't know how I didn't fall off of it. And then I started to become a teacher and an instructor of this class. And I also then got a job at the gym at the front desk, which I was really bad at, but they liked me. So they were like, hey, why don't you go work at the fitness desk during primetime hours so you can help people deal with all the dumb questions they would ask the trainers like, hey, this TV's not working. <laughs> Can you turn the subtitles on and stuff like that? I miss those questions. Um, I want those questions. <laughs> but yes, those know, are the dumb right? questions that people in commercial gyms get. Yeah. And so uh, my friend Ala, who is a trainer, she, we live, we're good friends and she, we live very close together. So she would drive me home a lot and for probably about six to eight months she kept just saying look just get your cert stop being stupid just get it it's easy and so I finally did and then I started working at that gym and then yeah that was about oh my god I think it's like six years ago maybe seven nice Nice. And one thing, so Kristen and I met through a program called Strength Faction. I'm sure if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time or maybe even one episode, you've heard that mentioned. Um, it's an awesome organization. It brings some fucking awesome people together, um, aka me and KCAL. But um, one thing that I think, <laughs> Kristen, you and I kind of like, I don't want to say like we hit it off, but I think one thing that we have is together is like an appreciation for things outside of like the black and white of what we do in fitness, right? Like people are like, oh, you're a personal trainer. You're, you're a meat stick. You like barbells and you like this and you like that and, and like kettlebells and like all the heavyweights and stuff. But I think you and I have always had an appreciation for the other things surrounding the industry. And, and one of those being whether it be like psychology or, or just the actual benefits of exercise outside of muscle growth, hypertrophy, whatever it might be. Um, if you could go back, we're going to play the hindsight's always 2020 game. If you could go back and talk to, uh, Kristen Callahan, when she was getting that job at the, the gym at, at prime time and people like coming up and asking her how to get the subtitles on the TV, what would you tell her about just like the, maybe it's like the fitness industry or like, what's one thing like 
like the thing that maybe on the surface, what you thought that you eventually dove a little deeper on, like what's one thing you'd be like, Hey, heads up. This is what you, this is what you should know. Oh, wow. If you need an example, I could give you what I would tell young Casey. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Cause it's a, that can be such a long winded answer it and is. I don't want to do that. I, <laughs> so I ask like very broad questions cause I love like how people like when they answer them will bring it to something very specific. Like, so for me, I would go back and I would tell 21 year old Casey, I'd say, Hey, like you're about to get this job at Parisi. You're going to work with primarily kids. And actually you're probably going to work with seven to 12 year olds for the first five years of your life. Um, what you should really know is that you need to be a jack of all trades and you need to be a master of 80% of those trades. Like whether it's nutrition, you need to be able to kind of talk it to the kids so they understand what it is, whether it's preparation before practice or the importance of eating breakfast as they get to school. If it's sleep, if it's recovery modalities, if it's um, like maybe it is like having better conversations and like mental health, like why are you trying to do this? Not just, not just take people through workouts, but figure out what they need the workouts for and then talk to them how they can make everything outside of the workout better because that's something that I did not do until like 10 years into the industry is like actually give a shit about the other stuff that came behind the workout rather than just like, okay, we have an hour together. We have two hours together. Here's what we're going to do. That's what I would tell myself. Now it's your turn. Mm. Hmm. So the reason I find this to be such a difficult question is because I think the process that I have gone through, even at the times when it really, really sucked was like, I'm grateful for every single piece of it. So in a way I kind of am grateful that I didn't know what I didn't know. You know what I mean? Because it's made me a better coach, a better person. It made me seek out information. Um, I think, honestly, actually, the one thing that I probably would tell myself, <laughs> the thing that I am actually, yeah, was give yourself some space. Because what I did in the beginning was, I'm going to say overconsume in my quest for knowledge and to get better almost like to an extent that it was too much. Like every living, breathing moment I was studying fitness or got like really involved. And I have no regrets about all the friends I have in this industry. I freaking love that. But like it was, it became my every waking moment became fitness and that's not healthy. I, I know on going to name drop here on Fury's podcast. When I talked to him the first time I said I had always wanted, I had always wanted a, a job, a career that would consume me. And I think I learned the really hard way that that's, it's good to love what you do and it's great to be invested in it, but to have some emotional distance otherwise it's going to chew you up and spit you out and uh you either going to quit or like happened to me you go I didn't quit what happened to me is I went through a really really horrible depression um so that's kind of that's what I would tell younger 
trainer, Kristen. I'll tell you what, and that's some really good advice because the, a lot of the, like I think of a lot of the people that I work with and they're, they're kids, they're athletes growing up, competitive athletes, like, man, they're, they're like travel soccer players, travel baseball, travel basketball. They're like, I really love sports. I want to get into sports. I'm going to be an athletic trainer. I'm going to be a physical therapist. I'm going to be a strength coach. I want to go into college strength conditioning, et cetera. So they go from one athletic background to working in sports differently, but still with an athletic background. And now they're young professionals and it's, you stop and look, you could be 25 and you've just spent the last 15 of years of your life competitively involved in athletics or health, fitness, wellness. And without that separation or the, the ability to differentiate from what maybe you identify as, like if you identify as an athlete, I identify as a personal trainer, like your career, like you're saying, like it consumes you to the point where you kind of become what that is. Like, that's not, you don't want that. Like you want, you want to be able to be like, yeah, like I'm like me, I'm, I'm Casey Lee. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I like to drink craft beer. I like to hang out with friends and watch the Celtics play. I like to do all these different things. And shit. I do eat cake on the weekends and pizzas on Friday night. You know, like I, not everything I do is related all the time. And I think that that advice right there, and that's why I like asking the big questions, K. Khan. I'm glad you brought it to that specific thing because, like, that wouldn't even be probably the top five that I would have told myself. But like listening to you explain mm-hmm. it and like having gone through it to an extent, like you have, like, like that's super valuable. Whether it's fitness or any industry, like just be able to differentiate and separate from it and enjoy yourself as a fucking person rather than a person who is whatever an accountant uh whatever you know a personal trainer a hairdresser like whatever you are like step away yeah Cal coming in hot on the first thing <laughs> the three things uh Cal, here's a question for you and I, I just did a podcast with rob aguero hoffman a good mutual friend of ours um and i've always mm-hmm. wondered this because i'm in northern vermont where the fitness industry is literally like four gyms and when I say four gyms, I mean, it's Northern Vermont. They're spaced out. Um, and people in Vermont are like, oh man, I have to drive 10 minutes to go someplace. Ugh, I'm not going to go. You're in Boston, which is like, sorry, you're in Boston, which is like, just Boston. like, it's a hotbed for trainers. There's a lot of really great trainers in that area. It's a big city, et cetera. And as an independent contractor and as someone who's worked in a commercial gym at times, like like how, how do you go, like, how do you keep either sanity with like marketing yourself, marketing your services while knowing there's a shit ton of other trainers that are doing the same thing. And and what's probably a pretty saturated market, obviously there's plenty of people, but talk to me a little bit about that. Like how you've made the transition to an independent contract. Um, These are Oprah hitting questions right now. I know. Are you going to try to make me cry? Like, no, Oprah? No, no, that's not the point. Oh, no, that's Barbara Walters. Sorry, Barbara Walters. Oh, is I don't crazy. know. I'm not up with Barbara. I'm straight Oprah. No. Maybe no, a little, little Ellen DeGeneres. Because <laughs> she's, if you've ever watched the Ellen show, that, that woman is, she's crazy. But like, yeah. sprinkling like a little bit of OG Rosie O'Donnell show. <laughs> yeah. Fuck with Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Oh, damn. You brought only, it there. Only like the people like 35 plus will actually get that reference. Yeah. They're going to be like, who's Rosie O'Donnell? You, the 23-year-old um, grad student listening to this right now, being like, the fuck are those people? Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, now I forgot your question. Wait, what was it? Oh, how do you, oh, I know. Okay. Never mind. I remembered. Um, I think the real, an the answer is to just like be true to who you are. Be yourself, be genuine. I think for my, the clients that I have, one thing that they, I think if you asked any single one of them is they know that I really, really, really care about them. And I get as much out of our sessions as they do. Sometimes maybe even more. And um, that reads, people know that when you're authentically yourself, when, you, when you're compassionate and give a damn. And like, just be kind to people. I think that matters. I'm not a big marketer. You know, I <laughs> lately have been posting a lot on social media, but I don't usually. Um, yeah. No, I think that matters because so many times, and, and I was actually just having this conversation a couple of nights ago with, um, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of dudes I went to college with. And one of our friends, um, was, let's just say he's, he's less than stellar in conveying himself on social media. Like when you really know someone and you see that bullshit that they post, you're like, that's not like, you're just, that's fraudulent. Yeah. Like you almost like, if I like knowing what I know, like you're committing fraud in trying to be someone that you're very clearly not. And the idea of being comfortable in your own skin with yourself, with what you're able to provide to people is, is like, I think it's the hardest thing. Like, I mean, whether at any level, like you're charging people for a service and, and largely it's like, they're charging you for access to your brain. Like they're not charging you for like, mm. like it's just like a program, but even then, like they look at a program, they might not fully understand what any of that means. So they need you to kind of decipher it for them and to be secure in what you're doing in the conversations you have and how you present yourself. It's not easy. And it, that's probably would be on like the list of things to to tell like young Casey as well is like, mm. like, man, you got to like be comfortable with doing what you're doing. And if you're not comfortable doing what you're doing, yeah. that's called the referral network. And that's when you need to refer out to <laughs> someone, whether it's another trainer or something else that, that can help you in the process because it's not easy. And I think that in, in a place like Boston, where there's a bajillion trainers, literally it's a metric unit bajillion. Um, you know, being authentic, I think probably <laughs> resonates with a lot of people and like letting them like when they're with you, they're like, yeah, I've got someone who's, who's like cares and who's invested in me. They're not trying to just push their own personal agenda on me. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, as I've grown as a person and as a coach, like the program is the least important part of what we do. It really is. It, Bill Hartman was talking about that this week where like the program, if you were to break down like an hourly rate of like what we charge, the program would be the smallest portion of that hour. Mm -hmm. And I was like, dude, you're, mm -hmm. that's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It's, I am probably serious. It's more important than the fucking program. What did you say? Like the money to cover your, like your insurance in, is like more than the yeah. program, you know, like, the program's a piece of paper that can be ripped up and shredded up at any time. Yeah. Well, and I think also like, it's also too, like maybe people don't want to hear this, but we're pretty much guessing 
I mean, it's an educated best guess as any sort of science is, but we're pretty much guessing. We don't really know that much about exercise. I mean, it's a new field. It's only really just kind of really been researched in the past, really thoroughly been researched in the past 10 years or so. But on top of that, just like similarly to medicine, there's so much variability in how people move and what we're learning about. I mean, I think you could go through the history of of like, you know, how exercise science has progressed, but um, just sort of like there's something new we're learning every day. And so it's just kind of like, you can't get too tied into those exercises you're written down on a piece of paper. Yeah, for sure. And I think that people think that that's the end result where it's so far from it. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. And it should, and it should change. Sorry. It's what? I said, and it, and it should change. Like you shouldn't be tied into any one system. Right. And so maybe that'll kind of bridge into the third thing here. When, when we talk about like, and I think you're probably really, you're one of the people I think who, who can actually like think maybe a little outside the box, a little bit more analytically, like how do you as a, whatever, like you said, like whatever you want to call us, fitness professionals, people who work in fitness, whatever, like how, like what's your bullshit meter? Like how do you decipher through the bullshit? You know, cause like you, one thing, and this is another reason I think like you and I have like been able to have some of these conversations when we first met was like, like, you're not afraid to look at something and be like, looks like a dog smells like a dog. This is a fucking dog right here. Like, like, and, and not just like throw up the flags and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we need to explore this a little bit more. I've always respected that about you, but like, like break it down for me. Like, you know, like whether it's like a, a, some, a new training certification or training system that's coming to market, or if a colleague who you respect maybe comes to you and is like, Hey, Kristen, check this out. You know, and you're like, well, I respect you, but like, what the fuck are you, what is this shit? You know, like talk to me a little bit about how you kind of validate things as they come into this industry. And you can be harsh. Mm. You want to name organizations by name. We can, we can do that. <laughs> oh God, Casey. <laughs> I almost just, I almost uh, just did, but I didn't. My, uh, my mouth gets me into trouble a lot, but, um, I think, I, well, for me, it's like, is there sort of a, a zealotry or cultishness around it? Um, happen with certain, um, uh, methodologies. That's the word I'll choose. Well, it happens and with that, all of them though, doesn't it? Like, like if, like, whether it's like something like functional movement screen, the CFSC, um, PRI, FRC, kin stretch, RPR, like all these different acronyms, like people buy into that system and it's going to become, it's, I think a lot of it is maybe like what science backs by it. Um, maybe it's the, eth like the ethical measures that the organization goes, like, are they just a money scam or is it something that actually helps people? Like I would tell you like the CFSC is, is very like scientifically sound and very ethical and like how it trains people. Like there's some organizations that maybe don't operate in that same way. So I totally see what you're saying with like the, the cult, 
kind of following behind it, but I feel like most, most things that like it's, and people will, I think will say like, it's the community aspect behind it, but like, that's what I know. People can't see the video, but like, like the eye roll, (laughs) big time eye roll. I think community to me has a definition. Part of the definition should be inclusivity. So if this system is saying our way is the only right way and you have to do it this way. And if you don't do it this way, you're wrong. Um, Instead of, like, this is what we found, right? Like, take the parts that work for you, which I think, going back to what you said about the CFFC, they, they, they're pretty good. They're good about doing that. They're like, yeah, use, use what works for you. And um, I'm not going to get into the, you know, trash talking of power lifters that can sometimes happen in that area. But <laughs> I don't know anything about power lifting. So, like, you oh. could, like, I literally, like, I am so far away from a power lifter that like if, a, if like we've had people come to our gym cause they like the setup and whatnot. And they're like, yeah, I'm really into powerlifting and I'm, I'm wondering if you guys can write me a program. I'm like, Nope, here is the, who you want to talk to in this area about powerlifting because it is not me like bodybuilding, powerlifting, <laughs> like these strength based okay. sports. Like, Nope, not your guy. You want oh, to run a fast okay. 40? I got you. You want to run fast? I got you. I got you. But any of that other shit? Like, nah. And that's awesome. Know, know your wheelhouse. And like, I don't train powerlifters. I just like to train as a powerlifter. Um, but I think, yeah. And I think for me, it's that, like I said, like it's the, they present it as the only way when you try to present them with evidence, they, they kind of shut it down oh, but, you know, you just don't know because you haven't tried it or, like, something like that. Does it actually work? I mean, we do know placebo effect. I mean, I'm sorry, but, like, RPR, are you kidding me? You're going to rub I mean, I said we can name them by names, and I'm sure maybe there's some RPR purists in this, but listen to this, but, like, yeah. Um, I mean, a lot of it is, like, does it come down, like, what does science say about it? You know, like, like, we talk about, like, bullshit meters, like, like anything like there, it'll be backed by science. Like, I think, like you said, like the last 10 years, we can kind of dispel a lot of things. Like science might not prove a lot of things, like right. as far as like what something can do, but science can prove what something isn't. And then whatever's left standing, we can argue about that. You know, I think like Dr. Ben house just posted about that um, this week. I don't know if you follow any of his work, but he, he kind of is like a science-based guy or holds himself as a scientist. And he said like, listen, mm-hmm. science doesn't necessarily validate everything, but science can right. spell a lot of things. And in the world of fitness, like it's such a small, like list of things that we can actually control and do with people as far as like strength, hypertrophy, and like the hormones surrounding those things that like all the other stuff, like if you're claiming to do something so extraordinary science probably can either can can probably just disprove it if that claim is being made well and also in the old adage if it's too good to be true it probably is and i don't want to say like if it everything is going to work for someone you know what i mean there's pieces of everything that's going to work for someone and that's fine as long as you don't make it the be all end all so 
like we know the placebo effect is an extremely powerful thing and that's great if rubbing your you know your collarbones helps you feel prepared that's great keep doing it like i'm not i'm not going to take that away from you but also like realize that it's probably not doing what you think it is and that's okay like the mental aspect of this is a whole different thing we haven't even like we know even less about and I think like going back to your original question, the other thing is if you use like fear mongering, I'm not down for that. Oh, this is going to hurt you if you don't do this. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's true. And I feel like that, that's kind of our industry. Like, I think a lot of the, those people have kind of like, they, have, they don't make it. You know, but the people that are like, listen, if you don't work with like the people that do the assessments and are just trying to find everything that's wrong with you, like those kind of trainers, uh, yes. like we'll, and, and in the speed round, a little spoiler alert. Um, my favorite question to ask people because maybe <laughs> because I just miss it right now is like that, like that person in the gym, like who's your favorite, like your favorite thing that happens in the gym that like, we'll, we'll get to it in the speed round, but like, that's kind of like the thing in the industry that okay. really pisses me off. It's like the people that do the assessments and they're like here's the list of things that's wrong with you and the dysfunction that's in your body. It's like, what? Like I was born with my hip this way and my foot does this because I had a major yeah. injury and this is the only way I was able to have a foot still, you know, like it's like, what? Yeah. Like you're, where's your mind at? But um, I think that's, that's just important. Kate Cal to kind of like maybe put a bow on this point. It's like trainers that are coming in, and I feel like, and this is largely like a COVID-19 coronavirus free podcast, but I feel like we're going to see in this industry, a lot of this bullshit come up because people need to make money and they're going to, there's going to be a lot of bullshit mm. just coming into the market. And I think it's important for trainers, regardless of how young or old you are to just figure out, like we talk training systems, business systems, like figure out the system to validate things that fit into your training. Don't just get caught with like, oh, this is the new thing. I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to be able to, you know, three to 10 X my revenue because I'm the person that does this. Like, mm. no, like, yeah. you know, like I'm listed on the functional movement screen, like registry website, because it's just, it's part of like the membership or whatever. In the, in the nine years I've had it, KCAL, I've had two people reach out to me through that. When, when was the last? I mean, you use an FMS. We FMS people when they come into our gym. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's like our I say it's like our variation of it, but like the FMS, like we know what it is and what it isn't. But as a standardized right. tool in a commercial gym, like it serves a purpose for us. But mm -hmm. just because you can't stand on a board and do a lunge doesn't mean you suck at lunging. It's just it's right. like the start point. Like it's point A. Like then we have point B, point C, point, and it's what it is. But. Um, I use that oh, I think, example because the FMS is probably one of the most largely known entities in the industry, but it's not the yeah. end of the all. And if you think it is, then, you know, the bullshit meter kind of goes up. Yeah. And I think that's like kind of the point we're both making is like, think for yourself. There is a huge part of this that requires your learning, your studying, those sciences and learning those systems and then seeing what actually works with people. Yeah. And, you know, like I think the FMS has done some really good stuff, but I think that the area where they really led us astray was into corrective exercise. Like this idea that people are broken and need to be fixed. Like 
I no, mean, it's got to be the opposite. It just needs to give you a picture of, of okay, this is what I'm seeing. So if I'm seeing mm. this, I need to now I know where to kind of start to to look to make sure they can do the things that I want them to do. Or maybe right. we're not ready to do these things yet because if I can't see you squat with nothing, like I'm not going to say, okay, here's a barbell back squat. Which yeah. Well, yeah, or even like just just because someone like Mike Boyle says don't back squat people, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. You should learn how to do it as well as you can because people are still going to want to know how to do it. And they might as well learn from someone who knows what the fuck they're doing instead of some moron on Instagram or YouTube. Facts. Facts. So, okay, Cal, talk to me about how's your experience been on the three things in relation to the first time? I don't, I'm not two beers in. <laughs> whatevs, it's whatevs. Um, but I think like what's important is, um, you know, like what you're saying, like to bring it full circle with like all the different questions. And this is the thing that I've always respected about you, KCAL, is like, like be able to think for yourself, educate yourself so you can think for yourself. And regardless of the market you're in, if you can think for yourself, you can be yourself, you can portray confidence in yourself and you're going to be successful. Like regardless of, of commercial gym, independent contractor, like, you know, whatever, like it is what it is, but your background, but if you can be confident in yourself because of those different things, like you're going to be in a position to make this, this shit a career and this shit being the fitness industry. So um, I know a lot of young people listen to this podcast. Like I think like the big demo tends to be like a lot of students, um, that are like 20 to 22 years old. Thank you to SoundCloud for telling me about all of the different populations and Podbean for giving me all the different demographics. Um, but that's like the three things, KCAL. Are you ready for the speed round? Let's go. Okay, I'm psyched so, for the speed round. So the speed round like can be answers can be as long or short as you want. Doesn't matter. Um, if you're not into the degenerateness, please just leave. Like you're good. You've learned, learned all you need to learn. Maybe if you want to listen to a little bit more about KCAL and us, you can totally just jump in now. Um, but, um, we've already got your download and play like the click of the play. So we appreciate your service, but the speed round is about to commence. Kristen Callahan, given that we are in quarantine right now, give me your best Netflix movie or TV recommendation. Oh no, I don't have Netflix. You're the person. Wow. Okay. Now we know we have the person. What, like, what's like, what's like the movie recommend? Like, give me something on TV. What's the recommendation? I don't even own a TV. Um, okay. Well, the show, the show I've been, I don't really watch TV. I'm sorry. But the show it can I've been on a podcast, it can be lately. whatever you want. Give us a rec. Is, um, the show I've been really into lately is Prodigal Son. Have you seen that? Oh, it's uh, about I'm this. Lost. I I just normally watch like the Celtics, and if I'm not watching the Celtics, I'm like listening to a podcast. Well, Jen watches like something on TV that I don't really watch. So, do you know, do you know who Michael Sheen is? Or oh, also the other good one was Good Omens on Prime. Okay. Uh, do you know who Michael Sheen is? No. He anyway in Prodigal Son, he plays a serial killer, and the main character is this is this kid Malcolm Bright. Well, he's not a kid. He's an FBI profiler, and he's a son of a serial killer. And it's just a really cool, fun. it's like dark and funny and poignant. Like it's, I don't know. I'm loving that show right now. Let's check it out. If you want quarantine, um, Kristen Callahan, give me your best flavor of Ben and Jerry's. 
And I'm totally judging what your answer is here on this because I, flavor, like you can tell a lot by a person by what their flavor of Ben and Jerry's is. Oh, you're asking me to like pick a favorite. Give candle. like top two. Like just give like throw like a top one, two, three out there. I am a big fan of the core ones. Okay. So like Caramel Sutra is a standard favorite. Um, and then I, I got to go half-baked. Oh, that's my favorite. Nice. See, that's why we get along right there. Uh, Half-baked, fish food, Cherry Garcia. Those are great. Fish food. Um, uh, the Tonight Dough is awesome. Um, the people... Oh, you, see, this is what we should have The people that say, like, mint chocolate chip or, like, vanilla... <sighs> Like my dad is like, oh, the vanilla Ben and Jerry's is so good. I'm convinced there's something wrong with him. Uh, mm. People who say vanilla, it's just not, it's not good. It's not good. That's not why you buy no. Ben and Jerry's. No. Um, no. Kristen Callahan, like we just talked about like five minutes ago, you were in a commercial gym. You've been in a commercial gym. You're like, you're, you've been in the fitness industry long enough now. Who is your favorite type of person in the commercial gym. I'll give you one of mine. Okay. Like I did this with Rob. Like this is, this is like my favorite thing. It's like the guy when you're in the locker room and the guy who's sitting on the bench, like he can be naked. He can be clothed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> of he, course he's naked. He's breathing heavy. Like he's sitting there head, head in between his arms. He's breathing heavy. And he's just begging you to ask him how hard his workout was. Like he's just <laughs> all the signs that he just put in just i don't even know how hard he actually worked but he's letting you know and he wants you to ask him how hard he worked so that he can tell you how hard his workout was that guy that's my guy um that dude puts a smile on my face every day <laughs> oh man oh god let's see <sighs> there's so many characters. It's hard to nail it down, but like I do have an affinity for, for the bros, you know, doing bicep curls on the squat rack. Um, although I have to say like, let's see. Oh, it's so hard. There's so many. Another favorite is uh, the guy that walks in or girl. It doesn't matter. This is not gender. There's no gender does not control this person um, who comes in and grabs like, like 35s or 40 pound dumbbells and like cold like they just walk into the gym they grab the 235s or 240s and they just start doing like lateral raises with like a lot of, <laughs> like they're warming up with like like max effort lateral raises i'm so here for that person and like you just know they're about to just fuck themselves up in this workout and they're like the person that will be breathing heavy in the gym after in the locker room after begging you to ask them how their workout was. Yeah. Yeah. That's there was uh this woman, this woman at one of the gyms I worked at, we call her multi-planar Mary. <laughs> oh. Come in every day. She come in every day, get on the elliptical and like swing side to side as she's pedaling the elliptical. And it just looked it didn't look fun. It didn't look, it looks painful. And like literally every day, every day, multiplanar Mary. Oh God. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I, and it's, I say these, like I've worked in a commercial gym for 12 years now. I, I, I think I might be one of a few people. And a lot of it is like the setting of the gym that I work in is like, I think a little different than other commercial, like it's a big box gym, yeah. but it's locally owned. It has a different vibe than a lifetime fitness or an Equinox or 
Boston Sports Club or New York Sports, et cetera, like David Barton's, like all these different places. But I genuinely love the characters of the mm. commercial gym or just of the gym in general. But like the boutique studio, like doesn't get a lot of these people because yeah. it's not the scene that these people like thrive in. So I, I mean, I literally am yeah. saying these in jest because I, I, I wholeheartedly love the people. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking asshole. Uh, I'm not trying to be, cause I actually like these people. Um, Kristen Callahan. Well, and it's, it also, what it boils. Wait, when just like really quick, it just boils down to, it's like, People are confused by fitness, oh, yeah. and that's kind of people like us want to help those people be less confused by fitness. So, yeah, yeah, that'll um, make us look less Kristen like Callahan. Give me your top three favorite breweries in the Massachusetts area, or like the Boston, Massachusetts area. Because you're not like a big craft beer person. Like you are, but well, you're not. I. So I feel like so you're I'm kind of. These I'm kind of old. Different. I'm kind of old school. Like I like a good classic, like British malt beer. Like my favorite kind of beer is a nice amber ale, like something you can drink, and. It's not, it doesn't have this like high, high alcohol percentage. It's going to knock you on your ass. Um, but I have that being said, like, I, cause I'm not a big IPA girl. I know it's like heresy. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm that's sorry. tough. Good boss. not like best IPAs in the world. Like I totally get it. I just drank a Mickey <laughs> this podcast. So like, whatever, like I'm equal opportunity beer drinker. Um, but wait, I have I have some that yeah, I, okay. I, can... I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just maybe stalling for you. Like, I don't know if you have to think of them. <laughs> the top three. So when it, uh, right now, the the like, I haven't been to these two breweries, but I really am liking the stuff that Zero Gravity puts out. I don't know how local they are to me. Um, Devil's Purse is on the Cape. They make some nice beers, and also their their can art. You know, they don't do a lot of art. It's very like simple, clean cut. Um, and then there's, I'm going to cheat and say two more, uh, lamp lighter in Cambridge. Again, I actually haven't been there and (laughs) a little shout out. Jay Birdie lives right next door to it. Um, (laughs) uh, and then I don't really like all their beers, but I like the brewery itself. Uh, It's called night shift and they are owl logo. I love. So, um, they just do a lot of good community stuff and I like that. I know. Like, I feel like with breweries in Vermont, there's like the breweries that are like super sick to go to and you have a good time when you go there. Their beer might not necessarily taste very good, but like the brewery vibes and like what they stand for is super legit. And then there's like the breweries that just pump out really good beer that like, those breweries sometimes have like the shittiest actual breweries to go to like they're just not fun but their beer is just electric so i totally feel you on that because there's some vermont i mean in vermont there's a brewery every every town you go to um but some of like some of the breweries have like good vibes and shitty beer and some of them have great beer and shitty vibes it's just welcome it's the brewery like uh, another one are very similar yeah right interesting (laughs) Very interesting. Uh, and I got to shout out my local Winter Hill Brewing Company. They're another one. Like, the place is great. The people are great. Food is great. Beer can be hit or miss, but, like, it's just such a great 
environment there. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay, Cal, I appreciate you taking the time, making the time on this Friday afternoon to jump on the three things. Your first official three things, again, KCAL and I did a critical conversations. It's a longer form podcast. It was really, I say like deep conversation. I, I think you and I went for a little over an hour on that mm -hmm. thing. And um, I really appreciate you coming in for round two. My absolute pleasure.